Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. The Women's World Cup Show. It's a really, really good finish. I love goals like that on TalkSport 2. Hello, hello. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. I'm Faye Carruthers. The Lionesses have arrived at their base camp ahead of Friday's second Group D match against Denmark. Manchester City boss Gareth Taylor supporting his players out in Australia and we'll hear from him on England's chances and his thoughts on former Lioness captain Steph Horton being left out of the tournament. It would have been tough for Steph. I mean, you wouldn't know because she's so strong and determined that, you know, very little gets her down. Republic of Ireland are preparing for their second game of the tournament on Wednesday and midfielder Sinead Farrelly has been giving us her thoughts on Canada. I'm less focused on Canada, honestly, and more focused on us. And I know that, like, any when we come together, we can face and beat any opponent. We'll also hear from our England reporter, Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, who's been soaking up the atmosphere and activities down under. We then got back to Sydney and, and took a short trip to Bondi Beach. Again, something that's so iconic and synonymous with Australia. I look forward to hearing what she's been up to. Loads to get through. Thanks for being with us. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. I'm Hannah Hampton and you can listen to all of England's games at the Women's World Cup on TalkSport. Happy Monday, you lovely lot. How are you doing? Did you enjoy day five of the tournament? So many goals raining down. Very exciting. We'll get through all of that shortly. Delighted to say that midfielder Remy Allen is with me today. Now back as a Birmingham City player. Congrats on the move, Remy. Good to be back in blue. Thank you so much. Yeah, really, really nice. Buzzing to be back. Um, Feels like I've never been away, to be honest with you. So yeah, just excited to get going now. Yeah, looking forward to seeing you uh, there for sure. Not that far for you to travel, distance-wise. <laughs> no, it means I don't have to move house for like the hundredth time in my career, which is great. That is always a bonus, that's for sure. Uh, right, we're going to be going through all the action from day five later on in the show. But first, let's talk a little bit about the Lionesses who've been having some downtime after their opening victory over Haiti on Saturday. I've been hearing that the players have been going walkabout, loving their new surroundings at their team base for the tournament. They're up in a place called uh, Terragal, which is about an hour north of Sydney. And I've seen that they have a book corner, a darts board, table Tennis is proving very popular apparently as well. A little arts and crafts area too, which is quite cute. And they've been uh, watching all the other games in the tournament together on beanbags. The FA always like to make players feel as if they have a home away from home. And that's quite, quite important going forward, isn't it, Remy? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've been at tournaments myself and it's a long, long time to be away from your friends and your family and the norm of your, your normal life, especially being over in Australia, you know, the time difference and stuff. I think it's really key that the players can have that switch off mode, something they can do to relax or enjoy. And many players will be different. Some will be really high and want to be highly energetic. Others will just want to chill. But it's great that the FA have put that on and I think it really will help them for the tournament. Yeah, it it wasn't a particularly convincing performance, was it, against Haiti? And the players have been talking about the need to be more clinical when they face Denmark on Friday. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit disappointing, I think. But obviously, it also was the first game and opening games of tournaments are predominantly cagey, although the results recently have changed that. Um, But yeah, they definitely, for me, they need to be creating more chances because I don't really think they made that many clear-cut chances. Um, But then when they do create them, most definitely they've got to be more clinical because, you know, there's a lack of goals at the minute. Yeah, a lack of goals. And, you know, obviously Denmark are going to pose a greater threat than than Haiti did. And Haiti were tricky customers as it was. So what does Serena Wiegmann need to do going into this second group game? Um, Like you said, it's going to be a different challenge. So I think you'll see that probably Denmark will have a fair bit more of the ball than maybe what uh, Haiti did. Um, So that may suit England a little bit because then we can start playing on the counter and in transitions a little bit more, which I think with the speed of Hemp, uh, Chloe Kelly on the other side may hurt them. Um, I I would love to see Lauren James be thrown into the mix. I think she's the absolute game changer for us. And I'm going to put it out there. I I feel Rach Daly needs to be in the team. Um, I think they've got enough quality there and with the players that they can bring off the bench as well. Um, I think Serena is, listen, we can't question her. She's been amazing. So she's got a game plan. I trust in her in that, but I would like to see them players play. Yeah, well, we'll see, won't we? Because they've got an open training session on Tuesday, which Courtney Sweetman-Kirk will be attending. And uh, we only ever get to see the open 15 minutes of those uh, little training sessions. Uh, So not that much you can garner from it because they very much change. You know, they just have a little bit of fun, a little bit of rondos, a bit of messing about. Uh, At at the Euros, they played music beforehand and we literally saw nothing. Uh, She's never going to give any tactics away, Serena Vigman. But um, you never know. Uh, we'll, we'll trust in Courtney to get some juicy gossip for us. Uh, plenty of people, Remy, have travelled over to Australia and New Zealand and uh, have been bumping into people left, right and centre. And Talk Sports' Shabana Hearn has bumped into a very familiar name to WSL fans. She caught up with Manchester City manager Gareth Taylor uh, to ask about his expectations for the Lionesses at this World Cup. Good eye. Welcome to Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Don't ask for a, uh, an impersonation from myself, but yeah, thank you. You've just been saying that you've got 14 of the Manchester City players taking part in this tournament. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, and they're all spread out a hell of a lot. You know, obviously the Lionesses, the six Lionesses, and quite a few of the girls are based in North Island in New Zealand and playing in the South. And they've been saying that, that the reason for that is because it's really cold in the in the South and staying in the North is the better option. But yeah, you know, the likes of Yui Hazagawa's there, um, the two Dutch girls in Jill and Kirsten, Philip Rangadal is, is playing there. So you might have six World Cup winners if the Lionesses go all the way and the Manchester City squad come the beginning of the next season. That'd be a nice thing to have. Well, it'd be nice. I mean, I think with all the different nations represented, I think we have a chance at the club for someone to be getting really close. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's special. And, you know, and obviously Bunny Shaw is representing Jamaica as well. Hi, where's Bunny? Because I'm obsessed. Called Bunny because she loved carrots growing up. Some people still don't know that. Um, but what is she like as a, as a person? 
she's great, real, real big character. Um, she uh, interestingly doesn't like it when I call her Kadisha. So she, uh, when she does something wrong, it's Kadisha she gets. <laughs> when it's a well done, it's Bunny. But no, she's a great personality and a really good player who's worked so hard at a game. And uh, we saw that last season. I thought in her first season she had a really good season. Um, didn't probably get the number of starts she probably deserved because we still had Ellen White who was producing good levels as well. So really taking on that number nine shirt last season, she, uh, yeah, she, she performed so well. And just missed out on the golden boot of the WSL. And actually, when you look at the City team as a, as a whole, men and women, with Erling Haaland and Bunny Shaw, were both breaking you know records at the same time together. I felt that she didn't get quite the, the credit that she deserved from the press at the time. But I wanted to ask you about Manchester City winning the treble. Does that posit positively impact the women's side? I think so. I think it's a huge thing. I, I mean, I was fortunate enough to go to Istanbul with the club, and it was amazing to, to witness it because... Obviously, they came so close two years previous. The job that Pep's done is incredible. I think the players have uh, performed to such a level. The interaction we have with the first team men's is great, you know, between player to player, coach to coach. So uh, it was a proud moment for all of us. And obviously, we want to try and emulate that. You know, we've got a long way to go, but we're working tremendously hard. And But yeah, super proud of, of the club and, and the way they, uh, not necessarily what, the, what they do, it's the way they do it. And talk to me about Steph Houghton as well, because missing out on another tournament, it was kind of expected for this one. But how does she deal with that, being a former captain of England? Yeah, it would have been tough for Steph. I mean, you wouldn't know because she's so strong and determined that, you know, very little gets her down. She brushes it off and she's resolute. And that's what served her so well in her career. Of course, she wants to be in these big moments, I think, uh, particularly with the more exposure now that the game has, the women's game has, I think... Uh, this is probably the first World Cup where every game is going to be shown on television back home and we're the other side of the world. So I think, you know, that's a shame in that respect for Steph. But she's aware of the situation and, and we know the value that she has for us, which is, is held in really high regard. Um, your new signing, Jill Roard, I'm obsessed with her. She is an absolutely phenomenal player. Got all the way to the, the final there of the Champions League final. She's playing in this tournament as well. What do you expect from her next season? Well, just looking forward to working with her. I think, you know, I was really impressed with her my first season when she was at Arsenal before she made the move to Wolfsburg. Always impressed. I like the profile of her in terms of her, her capabilities, her technique. And she's really good at creating chances and scoring goals. So hopefully that's going to really add to what we already have at the club. The fact that she's had WSL experience is great. She's obviously got a teammate in there from the Dutch squad in Kirsten Kasparai, which hopefully will help her settle in really quickly. But yeah, super pleased that we've got her and uh, looking forward to working with her. And just focusing again on the World Cup, it's going to be the most watched and the biggest women's football tournament ever. What do you think is going to happen? Someone's going to win. <laughs> I think uh, I expect all of the big nations to get out of the group. You know, I think England will come through without any issues, you know, France, Germany, Spain, Holland, um, US. the US, of course. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, I think they'll all come through their group stage, no problem. There might be one or two upsets, but I think then it starts to get down to the nitty gritty and I think it's who turns up at the right time. And I really do think that Australia could, this could be a really good tournament for them because they have the home support. They've had some good results recently, beating France in a friendly, beat England recently as well. And they're, uh, they're capable with the players they have. But again, it comes down to that mentality of each game, taking it by game by game and, and turning up on the day and making it count.
Get me a winner. Go on. I'm probably still going to plump for Australia. Ooh. Yeah, just to kind of keep the locals happy, I think, <laughs> while we're here. Unbelievable. Manchester City boss Gareth Taylor there speaking exclusively to talk sports Shabana Hearn. There's me saying, talking about his expectations for the Lionesses at the World Cup and he goes and plumps for Australia, Remy. I know, yeah, that was a surprise. To be honest with you, I was expecting him to say the Americans. Um, so, yeah, the Aussies, he pulled that one out of nowhere. Um... Well, hang on a minute. Shaban had to remind him about USA. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. How you forget them, I don't know. Um but yeah, I mean, listen, the Aussies are in a great place. They're obviously the fans and everything, but I think it would be a tough ask to win it for them. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much to Shaban for that. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on Talk Sport 2. Faker Rothers and Remy Allen with you. Uh, coming up, we talk all things Republic of Ireland before their next game against Canada. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Don't forget the TalkSport Network is the place to be for all things Women's World Cup related. We're going to have live commentary from all of England and Republic of Ireland's matches. Plus, you'll be covered with updates on all the other games throughout the tournament. Thank you for being with us. I'm Faker Rothers. Birmingham, now Birmingham midfielder, Remy Allen is with me as well. Remy's also part of our commentary team for Republic of Ireland Games alongside Charlotte Richardson and uh, Ireland next in action on Wednesday, Remy, when they're going to face Olympic champions Canada. It's a one o'clock kickoff UK time on TalkSport 2. It feels like something of a must-win game for Ireland who failed to secure any points from their first game against Australia. But obviously Canada looking for a good result after they could only manage a goalless draw against Nigeria. Uh, we caught up with TalkSport's Republic of Ireland reporter Shabana Hearn. She's busy, this girl. She's been following Ireland's progress down under. Thank you, Fee, and welcome to Perth, a five and a half hour flight for Ireland from Brisbane. They started off, of course, in Brisbane for where they are based, and then they flew out to Sydney, which is only an hour and a half away, and now out to Perth. So a lot of travel for the Irish side. They've settled just on the port, not far from Perth Rectangular Stadium, where the second game against Canada is going to take place. They've been training there this afternoon, and of course, their match day minus one training session and press conference is going to take place there tomorrow. From what I hear, mood in camp is good. There's positive vibes amongst the players as they look ahead to this game against Canada. Lots of positives to take from the Australia game, especially in that last hit 20 minutes or so. Will they capitalise on that? Will we see Amber Barrett coming on and perhaps nicking a goal for Ireland? After the game, I sat down with Sinead Farrelly from the NWSL, who plays at Gotham City. We had a chat about what she can expect going forward, reflected on the Australia game. And one thing I learned after the conversation is that she's early Ann Sanderson's best friend. Oh, I love that. So, so much to talk about in terms of Sinead. What an incredible journey uh, she's had. And we'll talk about that in a second, Remy. But as she mentioned, uh, the midfielder was asked whether or not she's given the Island squad the lowdown on any Canadian players who she uh, plays with in the NWSL. I do think I like know less because it is my first year back in the NWSL and I'm like still unsure about players. Um, and like I played with Sync like years and go but everyone I mean she's a legend obviously but um I think that like where I'm at is I am just I'm less focused on Canada honestly and more focused on us and I know that like any when we come together we can face and be any opponent and I think Canada 
is the same as, as any other team in that context. And so um, I really haven't given it a thought about them at all. Similar question to the pressure between yourself and Marissa Shiva, mm -hmm. you know, being so new to the squad, coming out, starting on the big stage. Did yeah. you guys have a little thing together to help each other through that? Yeah, I think we've been like support systems for each other. And um, we have like similar, like just fears, anxieties and, and feelings of pressure. And so we're just like close and friends. So we've just been like talking each other through it and hearing each other out and just like validating each other um and also like everyone on the team's been so supportive and amazing too so um yeah it's been really nice to have her here can you explain those feelings of anxiety yeah um it's more of like I mean I for personally I just like have a fear of like letting people down I I want to be perfect and like good and great all the time and I think to being on this team like I've felt nothing but support but I just like I want to make the fans proud I want to make this country proud I want to make the girls proud and um I think the way that my brain has worked up until this point it can like turn support and belief into pressure instead of and I've been really working on just being so grateful to have that support in the first place um so yeah it's just been like me battling against my own mind yeah and just finally then in that moment with Pramodisa Shiva, she was devastated with what yeah. happened. How is she and how did you help her through that? Yeah, I think the whole team came behind her and lifted her up and we've all been there, you know what I mean? And so we all know what that feels like, football's like, so there's so many emotions involved, um, but it's a team sport and we win together, we lose together. And I think that we just like, you have to kind of like feel your feelings and let it out and then it's on to the next one. Yeah. So, yeah. Of course, Marissa Shiva giving away the penalty uh, in that Australia 1-0 win over Republic of Ireland in that opener. Steph Catley then dispatched it. Uh, Sinead Farrelly uh, talking really openly there to talk sports. Shabana Hearn, Remy. And, and actually, you know, she was she's had the most remarkable journey when you think about it. Out of the game for seven years after a serious car crash. Didn't think that she'd be able to continue her career at one point. And then made allegations of abusive and controlling behaviour against her, her former coach. It's, it's really interesting listening to her talking about the anxiety that she has, like all the fight she's had to just get on the pitch at a World Cup in the first place. And, and she's still feeling anxious and not able to, to enjoy it. There's so much pressure for players. Yeah, I mean, first of all, what an incredible inspirational story that she has. Um, and secondly, it's actually, I think, really refreshing to hear someone be honest about the pressures of being a footballer and obviously doing it at the world stage. So it's really nice for her to be open and honest because it's something that a lot of players will be feeling. Again, it's just about having the strategies in place to cope with that, which she seems like she has. So I, I'm, I'm amazed. It's amazing by her to do that because I just think more footballers should do that and people would see the human side to them. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of pressure, but I hope she's taking that pressure, but also enjoying this moment because it's an unbelievable opportunity. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? And, you know, th th there's been a bit of a debate about the opening match in particular. I was on TalkSport earlier on today speaking to Max Rushton and um, Andy Jacobs on, on H&J. And Barry Glendening on Sunday's show had been quite critical. He he's Irish and he'd been quite critical of, of the performance. But I actually thought they put in a fantastic showing. Do you think they'll take confidence from the opening game against Australia? I, I know Australia didn't have Sam Kerr, but at the same time, I think people weren't quite expecting Australia to give them as much of a run for their money as they did. 
yeah, I don't know how you can't be anything but positive, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, a penalty decided the game. The last 20 minutes or so, Ireland grew into it and looked like they, from set pieces especially, they could score goals. You know, they're playing the host nation in front of 70-something thousand people. They've never been in that situation before. I think they gave an incredible account of themselves and I think they should take huge confidence going into this Canada game. Do you think they can cause an upset? I mean, I don't think Canada were particularly impressive in their opening match. And um, I think it's quite quite important going forward that the Republic of Ireland are confident straight off the bat going in, despite the fact they're playing the Olympic champions. Yeah, for sure. And I think the way they've got to look at it is they've got nothing to lose now. They might as well, you know, go with the game plan, probably similar to what they've done against the Aussies, and then try and grow into the game keep themselves within the game and then look, especially from set pieces, because they're so dangerous, they can score goals. So I don't see, I I know for a fact they'll go into it thinking that they can get something out of it. And listen, it's, you know, potentially the game where they have to go and get a result. So yeah, there is a little bit of pressure, but it's also one of them, you know, this could be the last chance for you at a World Cup. So go for it, enjoy it and give it a go. They defended brilliantly against Australia, but they just didn't have it in the final third. And that's going to be vital, isn't it? Yeah, it's really tough because of the way they defend and they they bring so many bodies behind the ball. And it literally is backs against the wall at times and they defend unbelievably well with their bodies on the line and stuff. So then when they do win the ball, it's hard to get players in advance to actually challenge and create create opportunities. My opinion, their best chance is from set pieces. Like I said, they've got wonderful delivery. They've got big players who can go and attack the ball and score goals. So I think that's a way that they can possibly get goals in this tournament. Yeah, um, I mentioned there that uh, Canada are the, the current Olympic champions, but they're obviously a, a team in flux on and off the pitch, having a few problems at, at, at the moment. But they do have a, a lot of big game international experience to lean on, don't they? Even though perhaps Christine Sinclair will be pretty disappointed with uh, with her showing in that opening game. Yeah, for sure. And I think if you're Canada, you're looking to them big players to step up in this next game because... You know, they potentially need a result because the, the group could be wide open. Um, and that is the, the the benefit of them experienced players that they do have. They've been there before. They know what this feels like, what it looks like. They can probably anticipate the pressure and deal with that maybe better than players who have never experienced it before. So I still think they'll be feeling confident. I think they'll be relaxed. They know they've got a job to do. Um, but I think it's going to be a really exciting game. Yeah, it really is. I can't wait for them to to get going. Do you think we'll see the same starting eleven? If not, who comes in? Um, I I would be surprised if anything changed. I think they gave a really good account of themselves. Um, as long as everyone's fit and got through the the, the game and the training sessions since I would expect Ireland to, to uh, set, set up the same. You heard Sinead talking there about giving intel to the team about NWSL players that, that she uh, uh, she plays against. But on a serious note, how important is it to have players in the squad like Sinead, like Marissa Shiva and Denise O'Sullivan as well, who are so familiar with their opposition? Yeah, of course. I think it helps. Like you said, they can share their experiences and their knowledge of them players. Um, I also think it takes away a little bit of the fear factor because they've played against these players before, so it isn't such a shock. Um, but ultimately, I think, you know, Ireland's analysts and stuff will be looking at the team. Then players will play differently for Canada than what they do for their clubs. So that's the jobs of the analysts and stuff to prep the girls to be ready for that. But it, it, yeah, it, it does help for sure. Come on, I, I want your prediction. 
please, Remy? Do you know what? My my heart is wanting Ireland, um, but my head is saying I think Canada might nick it one nil. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I I hope, and this is no offence to you. I hope that come back comes back to haunt you. <laughs> Listen, I hope I'm wrong too. I'm for Ireland, of course I am, but. My head's telling me different. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Remy's going to be on commentary duty for TalkSport 2 alongside Charlotte Richardson on Wednesday. It's a 1pm kickoff, and we're going to have all the pre-match interviews to bring you here on the show tomorrow. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Faker Others and Remy Allen with you coming up next. We're going to round up all the action from days four and five at the World Cup. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2 in association with Zero small business accounting software and proud partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Uh, TalkSport have live commentary of all of England and Republic of Ireland's games across the network. So thank you for choosing to be with us. I'm Faker Ruthers. Birmingham's Remy Allen is alongside me today and we've got loads of games to update you on. So let's start with today's action before refreshing your memory on Sunday's matches. I was lucky enough to be sitting watching uh, Germany 6, Morocco 0 for TalkSport earlier on today. That was the biggest win of the tournament so far. It was a cruisy victory in the end, but actually Morocco were pretty impressive, but we'll discuss that in a sec. Germany captain Alexandra Pop opened Germany's scoring. Two first half headers from the, from her before Clara Bull uh, scored 23 seconds into the second half. Two own goals followed from Morocco. Morocco also 
also had a goal ruled out, ruled out for offside. And then Lea Schuler brought the total to six on 90 minutes. And it was a little bit harsh, I would say, on a Moroccan side who weren't without their chances. They did press high to put pressure on the Germans, but ultimately uh, quality prevailed and the Germans proved why they were ranked second in the world. It was a really exciting game, actually, quite end-to-end, Remy. I really enjoyed it, but, you know, we know what the Germans can do and they're huge contenders to win this tournament. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you say it was was end-to-end, but the thing that the Germans are is clinical and ruthless and that scoreline would show that, obviously, Pop is an absolute machine and is going to take some stopping. Um, I think Morocco gave a really good account of themselves, but ultimately will be, will be really gutted with the scoreline because, you know, conceding six in an opening game is really tough to take. So it's going to be difficult for them to pick their heads up and go again. But yeah, the Germans, the Germans look scary. Yeah, they did. But, you know, Morocco already made history the second they stepped on the pitch. You know, the first ever Arab nation to appear at a, at a Women's World Cup. And, you know, I thought there were some positives to take uh, from them. However, uh, Germany, I mean, you mentioned Alex, Alexandra Pop there. Obviously, uh, she was a huge loss to the Germans at the Euros final against England last summer, having to pull out with injury uh, after picking one up in, in training. They could potentially meet England at the quarterfinal stage if things go the way of the groups in England, top group D, Germany, uh, top group H. How would you see that going potentially? We're jumping forward a couple of steps there. We are, but you give. I'm getting nervous even <laughs> considering that situation. Um, obviously, Germany would be out for retribution. Um, Pop potentially comes into this tournament with a real, you know, aggressiveness about her because of missing the final. She she would have been devastated. So it's like she's got a point to prove, uh, and that would be a really really interesting lineup if them two faced each other. Um, and given the form right now, you know, I'd be worried to face the Germans. I really would. Yeah, I think anybody would. But who else uh, kind of shone for you out of that Germany side? Still still a lot to come. Lena Oberdorf we didn't even see because she's been out with a thigh injury. Yeah, I was kind of devastated to not see her on the pitch. Um, hopefully she's back. I don't know if it's maybe the third game. Um, but I think for me, the biggest thing about the Germans is the collectiveness of them. So they do have individuals who play really well, but the togetherness of the team and tactically the way they play, they all know their roles. They all know each other's roles. There's a real sort of, yeah, like togetherness about them on and off the field. And I think that's something that potentially puts them in such a good stead to go and win this tournament because their squad's great. You know, the players individually and collectively play really well together. Tactically, they look great as well. Um, so it's really, it's really bright for Germany in this tournament, I would say. Yeah, and Alexandra Pop's going to want to get her hands on the golden boot, isn't she? Surely after missing out to Beth Mead at the Euros, two goals for her. She didn't get her hat-trick, but we did see the first hat-trick of uh, the 2023 World Cup as Brazil eased to a 4-0 victory over Panama. Talk Sports, Ian Abrahams was watching this one. Finished Brazil 4, Panama 0. One-way traffic from beginning to end. The only shock was there were only four goals in Adelaide, four those in gold and blue. Three of them came from Ari Borges. 
she headed her first in on 19 minutes, six yards out unmarked. It's got her second uh, 20 minutes later after her header come back off the goalkeeper and she pounced to slam the ball home. A hat-trick goal came 20 minutes from time. Another ball in this time from the left-hand side and an unmarked header went between the goalkeeper's legs. The other goal in between times was set up by her, actually very unselfishly, two minutes into the second half for Bia Zanaretta from six yards out to fire into the roof and that Panama were rarely cited as anything other than goal fodder here for Brazil who get off to a winning start. Brazil 4, Panama 0. The other thing to note from that game, Remy, was that Marta uh, made her sixth and final, well, well, not her final World Cup appearance because I hope we'll see her throughout the rest of the, the tournament, but she actually got on the pitch is what I'm trying to say, uh, complete with her trademark red lipstick for her sixth World Cup. She has announced it will be her last one, obviously, which we would expect an absolute legend of, of the women's game. But we've now seen a number of teams, including Brazil, Germany and the USA, record big score lines in their group games. Do you see it as a concern that England weren't able to do the same against Haiti? Um, listen, first and foremost, the biggest thing about the first game is winning it. So we're, we're one step ahead already because we've got the three points. Yes, obviously, there's been some really big score lines that are ended this um, first the group stage. However, for England, it's... You know, it's become a theme of late, but it's almost one of them. I think if we, I think it's almost getting manifested a little bit. We're all starting to worry about the lack of goals. But if England went on and won every game 1-0 and won the World Cup, we wouldn't care. Um, of course, they would like to score more goals. You know, the forwards are probably chomping at the bit to get goals in this tournament. But for me, as long as they keep winning and find a way to win, it doesn't have to always be pretty. And I'm pretty sure Serena will not be bothered as long as they can go on and win these games. So, yes, as fans, you know, we, we want to see more goals for England, but they're just focusing on one game at a time, like Georgia Samway said. They'll try and win their games and hopefully, you know, they win this tournament. Wouldn't you love Serena Wiegmann to come out, the normally cool, calm and collected Serena Wiegmann to come out in her post-match press conference and say, I'm bothered. I'm bothered, though. <laughs> in true Catherine Tate style. That would be... <laughs> With her accent as well, that would be incredible. <laughs> it would be. I can't see it happening, to be fair. But maybe next time I sit down with her, I'm going to ask her to do it for me. Uh, listen, I, I did think that at times um, Panama's goalkeeper, Yeneth Bailey, kept them in it. They looked really overwhelmed, didn't they, Panama? But actually... None of the eight teams that debuted at this World Cup have been able to get any points out of their opening games, including Panama. But I feel like some of the teams have put in particularly impressive performances. But how tough is it for sides appearing in their first World Cup to make an impact? Yeah, like none of them have experienced it before. Players and staff most probably together. Um, so everything's an unknown I can only imagine going into this tournament, the fact that it's, you know, televised all over the world, the popularity of the game now, there's there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. And that's something that none of them have been exposed to. And I imagine, I know that feeling of going out for a game and feeling nervous and your legs and your body just feels drained. Um, so I actually think, like you said, so many of these countries have gave such an amazing account of themselves in the first game and actually really surprised most of the nations so I think a lot of them actually will take a lot of confidence from that first game. And it'll be interesting to see in the, the, next, the next game now whether they can carry that on because the nerves should be out of the way. They've got through that first part. 
Um, so I'm really intrigued to see what these these countries go on and do. But I do think they can they can surprise people still. In the other game of Group G, Italy faced Argentina and it was another late winner that decided that match. Alfie Reynolds watched this one for TalkSport. Full-time Italy won, Argentina nil. Italy get their campaign up and running, but they left it late to grab a winner. One of their star players, Cristiano Girelli, who surprisingly was left on the bench, came on in the second half and headed in with only three minutes to go. They also had two goals in the first half, correctly disallowed for offside. But this is a big three points for the Italians. With Sweden favourites to top the group, it puts them in a strong position to progress as well. As for Argentina, their long wait for a victory at a World Cup continues. This is their fourth time on the big stage, their 10th game. They're still yet to win one. Full-time, Italy won, Argentina nil. Oh, did Italy deserve this in the end, would you say, Remy? Oh, it was close, wasn't it? it? It was, you know, I thought Argentina gave quite a good account of themselves. There was moments where I actually thought Argentina might kick on and get a goal in the game. So it was probably a little bit more open than maybe what was expected. But ultimately, you know, Italy stayed in the game. They kept grinding it out and they, they managed to find a way to win, which, again, first game, it's, it's so important to get them three points. And it just takes a little bit of pressure off them going into the next game. So it was a massive three points for them. I know Girelli got the goal, but much of the limelight actually belonged to Italy's Giulia Dragoni, 16 years old. Uh, she got the player of the match and... Uh, becomes one of the youngest players ever to feature at the World Cup. She's such a talent, isn't she? Yeah, I mean, 16. When I think about me at 16, I was going to college and this girl, this girl's playing at a World Cup and getting player of the match. She's exciting. She's got such a bright future ahead of her. And I'm really intrigued to see how she kicks on in this tournament because she's definitely one of Italy's best players. I was drinking alcohol in a park, so... I, I, I think. I mean, I think Julia's winning. I think I'm definitely losing there. That's for sure. Line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show on Talksport Two. I'm Faker Others. You're hearing the thoughts there of Birmingham City's Remy Allen. Coming up, we're going to round up Sunday's matches and hear from our England reporter Courtney Sweetman Kirk, who's been soaking up the rays on Sydney's Bondi Beach. You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show in association with Zero small business accounting software and proud partner of England Women Dream Bigger. If you missed this episode live or duck in halfway through, do not worry. We're also available on podcast. Plenty of places you can download us, but first head to the TalkSport app to find us. Faker Others and Remy Allen with you. And Sunday saw some of the big guns in Women's World Cup action and there was a big shock in Sydney where one of the favourites, France, were held to a goalless draw by Jamaica who earned their first ever Women's World Cup point. Jamaica really displayed some impressive defending as the crowd cheered the underdogs on but they did suffer one particularly painful loss during the match after their captain and top scorer Bunny Shaw who plays for Manchester City was sent off in extra time. I think that is when Gareth uh, Taylor would call her Khadija instead of Bunny uh, for, for getting things wrong. As he said earlier on in the pod, the Manchester City striker narrowly missing out on the WSL Golden Boot this season, but now won't feature for Jamaica in their next match against Panama. She's going to be a huge loss, isn't she? Yeah, hugely disappointing. I actually think the second yellow was really, really harsh. I don't think it was one. However, State of the game, you know, last few minutes, you're on a yellow, you run the risk if you slide and you go to ground. Um, the fortunate thing with the greatest of respect to Panama is this 
this game is Panama and I think they'll have enough without her. But if this was another nation, I think they really would, they would struggle. So with the greatest respect to Panama, but yeah, disappointing for her because what a great day it was for them. Yeah, it was a fantastic day. Can they make it out of the group? I mean, Panama is a game they can realistically win, but obviously Brazil would be their final match. I mean, listen, they've given themselves the, the best possible chance with taking this point from France. Who would have thought that they'd be in this position? They, they're a great side. They've got some good players. You know, I think they've shown defensively what they can do. Um, if they can do it against France, I believe they could do it against Brazil as well. Um, so they, they're really in a great position. One that I don't think they would have thought they would have been in. So they've got to take so much confidence. And the thing is, if they can go and get a big result against Panama, get confidence high, it sets them up for that third game really nicely. What about France, though? How disappointed should they be that they weren't able to open their World Cup campaign with a win? There's a, they've obviously fallen at the quarterfinal stage of the last three World Cups, but they had got rid of their, you know, often cited disruptive head coach, Corinne uh, Diacre. Herve Renard now in charge, but it just wasn't clicking was it yeah it surprises me um obviously working with Kenza Darley uh, last season she spoke so highly of the new manager and you know spirits were really high and they were really confident going into this tournament um they will be hugely disappointed they created a lot of chances maybe it was just one of them days I'm sure I'm still sure they'll go and kick on um but it's not the way they would have wanted to start the tournament for sure and they face Brazil next and they'll have been quite frightened by watching that performance earlier on. Yeah, what a game. I'm so excited for that game. It's going to be two great teams going at each other. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see which way that swings. But it's such a huge game for France, well, for both teams. But France have to go and get a win in that game. So they've, they've made it a little bit harder for themselves, for sure. Yeah, you'll obviously hear updates of that one on Talk Sport, like we bring you all of the games at this Women's World Cup down in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, the 2019 World Cup runners-up, the Netherlands, came away with a 1-0 victory against Portugal. Talk Sport's Ollie Klink was watching this one. It's finished. Netherlands won, Portugal nil, and it's Dutch delight. The Netherlands are tournament contenders, and they're off to a winning start in Group E. Stephanie van der Gracht got the winning goal in the 13th minute, a lovely header back across goal from a corner. It was checked by VAR, but a couple of Dutch players on the line were deemed not to be obstructing the keeper, despite being in an offside position, and so the goal was given. Portugal huffed and puffed, but they were a bit toothless in attack, so their World Cup debut ends in defeat, and it's the Dutch who move level on points with the USA at the top of Group E. It's finished in Dunedin. Netherlands 1, Portugal nil. Only a 1-0 victory for the 2019 runners-up against a team making their World Cup debut. We talked about the debutants actually being pretty impressive. It, was that a surprise for you or does this Dutch side kind of need to adjust themselves with, uh, for life after Vivian Miedemar, who's out with that horrible ACL injury still? Um, I feel like they were relatively comfortable in the game. I think, you know, Portugal did give a great account of themselves, but it was... It was one of them for the Netherlands where they'll be so happy to get the three points on the board. But I think, you know, they they needed to probably score more goals because first and second place in this group, you know, goal difference is going to be massive to who they potentially go and face if they kick on. Uh, so I do feel they'll feel slightly disappointed, but in the same breath, just to get through the game, like opening game again was was mightily important for them. So yeah, they're in a, they're in an okay place. 
And actually, we saw Portugal do really well defensively against England in in that kind of farewell match before they flew out to Australia, didn't we? But they just don't have anything up front, Portugal, which is disappointing for them. Are we expecting Netherlands to to kind of push on going forward? Obviously, with USA in their group, it's going to be a tough one for who finishes top of that. Yeah, I mean, I would expect the Americans to, to finish top of their group. I, I never expect them to lose a game. Um, so they, they probably Netherlands are looking at finishing second. Um, but yeah, I guess for Portugal, it was one of them where, like you said, they, they, they defended really, really well, but they can't get bodies forward and they just don't have that quality in the final third. Um, so yeah, it's disappointing for them. But I mean, the Netherlands, the USA game is going to be a tasty one as well. Very much looking forward to that. Um, but I, I still fancy the Americans to beat them. Mm, finally, another tournament favourite, Sweden, could only scrape past South Africa. TalkSport's Charlotte Richardson was watching this one. Full time, it is Sweden 2, South Africa 1. The first time these teams have met at a World Cup and what a battle it proved to be. It was a late goal securing Sweden, a fifth opening group game win in a row at a World Cup and they were made to work for it. South Africa, 55 places below Sweden in the world rankings, took the lead through Hilda Magaya. Her brave finish was cancelled out later on by what looked like an own goal but was later awarded to Friedelana Rolfo. Sweden scored their winner on the 90th minute, a corner over on that left-hand side. Arsenal defender Amana said rose highest in the six-yard box to power her header beyond the outstretched palm of Kayleen Swa in the South Africa goal. Uncomfortable, but a win nevertheless for Sweden. Full-time Sweden 2, South Africa 1. Remember the last time we saw Sweden in action at an international tournament, they suffered a heavy 4-0 defeat to eventual European champions England. How did their performance against South Africa compare? I mean, they scraped through, didn't they? I thought the South Africans were brilliant um, and it was it was touch and go, you know, arguably an own goal got them back in it and then a last 90th minute winner. Um, I think, you know, Sweden have got some superstars in that side. I'm not convinced with them. Um, I think, you know, they'll potentially make it out of the group stage, but I do really feel they will struggle when they meet a top nation um, but, you know, first game again, they've somehow managed to get them three points. So it gives them a little bit of breathing space. But I feel like they need to deliver more if they want to crack on in this tournament. Yeah, it looks like there's going to be a situation now where Sweden and Italy are fighting to top Group G. Who wins that matchup, would you say? I mean, on, on paper, Sweden quite easily, but maybe not. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I just feel with probably the experienced players that Sweden have that have done this for major tournaments in the past, probably just gives them the edge over Italy. Um, So I would expect Sweden to top the group. Then, like I said, kicking on from that, I think it's going to be really difficult for them. Just the one match left to play in the opening round of group matches. We'll review South Korea against Colombia in Group H on Tuesday's show. Remy, having seen the majority of the teams play their first round game, who are your teams to watch? I'm always going to go with the Americans, and I think I said that all the way throughout the show. Um, they're just they're just world beaters. They always have been. Their mentality is everything. Um, so definitely them. You definitely can't ignore the Germans after what they've just produced. Um, I think Brazil are exciting. They've got flair. They've got players that can play. Um, they're going to score goals in this tournament. Um and again, I still think the French. I still think the French will kick on. I think you know it was a disappointing start. 
And obviously, I'm not going to forget England. I still love them and I still think we can go majorly far in this tournament. I'm basically naming all the top nations here. I'm not exactly like narrowing it down. Yeah, it's going to open up, isn't it? And uh, England have had some downtime after that win over Haiti. But back to business, looking ahead to Denmark. They get back on the training pitch on Tuesday. But they're not the only ones who've been getting some downtime. Earlier on, I spoke to Talk Sports' Courtney Sweetman-Kirk and uh, to find out what exactly she's been getting up to in Australia since England's opening game, here's what she's been doing. Well, Faye, after England's win against Haiti. We took the short trip south via plane to Sydney um, and I spent the the afternoon initially just getting to know the local area. For me, my first port of call is always finding the the best coffee shop in the vicinity. Uh, So we did that, had a bit of a a look around. We're in an area just south of of central Sydney called Waterloo, not far from the Allianz Stadium, where England will be playing Denmark live on TalkSport on Friday. And then today's been absolutely fantastic. We went into central Sydney, you know, did all the tourist hotspots, get pictures in front of the of the Sydney sign, which is right in front of the, the Sydney Harbour Bridge, the Opera House. So that was amazing to, to see things that, you know, grow up seeing in, in books and, and social media and television to actually be there was unbelievable. We then took the boat over to Manly, which was very, very beautiful settings. We had a a walk around, little bit of a hike to try and spot some whales. We didn't quite see any, although it is the season. So hopefully we'll see that another time. We then got back to Sydney and, and took a short trip to Bondi Beach. Again, something that's so iconic and synonymous with Australia. And I was getting or trying to get some tips watching the surfers because tomorrow I'm going to be undertaking my own surf lesson. Oh, brilliant. Absolutely. Love- I loved Bondi Beach. when I-, I spent a year in Australia. Um, oh, God, I'm going to show my age here. 20 years ago, actually, exactly 20 years ago. And Bondi Beach was absolutely fantastic. Had a fab uh, time there. So we'll hear more from Courtney tomorrow once she's had her surf lesson. Let's find out how she gets on. Uh, Remy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. Looking forward to speaking to you a lot over the next few weeks. Thank you also uh, to Gareth Taylor, to Sinead Farrelly, Shabana Hearn, Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, Alfie Reynolds, Ian Abrahams, Ollie Clink, Charlotte Richardson, producers Maya Anduma, and of course all of you as ever for listening. Don't forget if you do miss any of the show live, you can download the Women's World Cup show via the TalkSport app. Our next show is tomorrow at 6pm. That's Tuesday on TalkSport 2 where we'll round up all the action from day six as the second round of group games get underway. Way. Next here on TalkSport 2, two-time Ashes winner Steve Harmison joins John Norman for the Ashes Inquest. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.